My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. We've got a bunch of things we're going to go over today, and we're going to be concentrating on a state called West Virginia. And the attorney general for West Virginia is a man that has stood up. He's he stood up, and and we've had a, we had some a couple conversations because I I build this donation deal like who am i going to donate to and um i got a phone call from him i was like yeah i'll have a conversation with you i want to talk to you about election integrity and he took the time to speak to me about election integrity and then started talking about some of the other things that he has been doing across the country that affects other states so for those of you that don't know there was a epa case that he was heavily involved in it was his case and they won and we've talked about the implications of that case. So we're going to run through a bunch of stuff with uh, Patrick Morrissey now. Uh, we have him on the show. Uh, Patrick, welcome to the show. Hey, Joe, it's good to be with you. First of all, love your opening. That, that ought to get people's attention. It, it gets people's attention, gets them a little fired up. Because, listen, yeah. you, you've been standing in the gap and doing some things that are necessary to protect people in West Virginia with bigger goals of how does that how does what you do in West Virginia affect all 49 other states? Well, well, that's right. And in fact, Joe, if you go back to when I first ran for attorney general in 2012, I was incredibly motivated because I saw Barack Obama running roughshod over our state. And in fact, I started out by trying to recruit someone to run for attorney general. I wasn't looking to run myself, but I knew that Obama was doing damage to our state and that the AG at the time was not standing up. He wasn't fighting back. And I was very upset about Obamacare. I was very worried about the EPA's efforts to ruin our coal industry. And so I said, you know, we have to find someone who's going to stand up like a lot of the other attorneys general were beginning to do at that time. And I mm-hmm. looked to what Texas at the time was Greg Abbott. I looked to, you know, I saw Oklahoma, Pruitt, Bondi in Florida. And I said, hey, listen, West Virginia should be among those states that fights back against federal overreach. And the more I looked into it, as an old regulatory lawyer, I said, wow, you know what? I think that the AGs could use a good old fashioned regulatory lawyer who knows his way around the administrative state, who could push back, who's used to fighting the swamp and winning and uh, being able to convince uh, people of the merits of our position. And I've lived this experience where I saw the administrative straight 
get larger and larger and more non-responsive. And I said, we need to do something about it. That's why I ran for attorney general. And ultimately, it's why we started suing the Obama administration. And we started to win a lot. And we worked with President Trump very effectively on a lot of his initiatives, helped defend a lot of his actions in court. And now, of course, uh, we're busy full time uh, suing uh, Biden as much as humanly possible. And we're winning, and we're winning really big cases. That West Virginia VEPA case, as you know, that's yeah. something I'm hoping will last for 50 or 100 years because it's really not about climate change. It's about separation of powers, defending our republic, and make sure that these unelected bureaucrats don't reach down and seize power that doesn't belong to them. Those are the kind of things we're working on. And it's nice to see little old West Virginia punching a bit over its weight class. Yeah, so so t- tell me a little bit, give everybody an idea. So I've talked about the EPA case specifically yeah. because the regulatory authority, the teeth that was taken out with that ruling doesn't just affect the EPA. It affects right. all other bureaucratic um arenas as well and and regulatory agencies as well and it takes away their teeth from their organizations as well now i'm, I'm going to tell you something that the biden administration right now this and i'll call it illegitimate you don't have to call it illegitimate but i will um they're just ignoring it <laughs> that case came out and they're still ignoring it yeah look i've never seen an administration uh utterly disrespect the rule of law like the Biden administration. It's outrageous. In fact, within two weeks after West Virginia VEPA came out, uh, President Biden starts talking about climate change. He goes, oh, I'll just start resorting to regulations if Congress doesn't move. That's the very opposite of what the case just said. The fact is, whether the regulatory bodies want to move or not, they need a clear statement from Congress. But I will tell you, the reason this case is so important, you're exactly right in your description. This applies to every single federal agency now going forward. And I'll take just one minute to explain it in a manner that I think almost anyone could understand. And that is, imagine if you have a major question of the day, something of vast economic and political significance. What this case says is that Congress makes those determinations and the unelected bureaucrats can't simply reach out and try to seize power on their own. And the reason why that philosophy is so important is it returns us to the roots of the Constitution, where every state had some role in the process. When you have unelected bureaucrats, they're unaccountable to the public. Whereas public officials who have to run for office, whether it be in West Virginia, California, New York, Colorado, whatever state you may live in, those individuals have to go before the voters. You want to make sure that the legislative branch makes the decisions and that people can vote with their feet and cast people out if they're voting in a matter that folks disagree with. And what this case does is it basically uh, returns separation of powers to its proper form. A lot more needs to be done to reform the administrative state. But, you know, on June 30th, we got our guy. We, We went at it. We won this big case. And now... We have a chance. Anytime there's a major action, the agency bureaucrats are not going to get this separate deference. There'll be an independent review. Was there a clear statement from Congress delegating that power to you, the agency? And if the answer is no, do not pass go, do not collect 200 bucks, you're out of luck, 
You cannot regulate. Go back to Congress. Congress has to do its job. These bureaucrats can't seize power. Well, and, and we talk about not being able to seize power and all of the regulatory, uh, you know, trying to do things by regulation. But this, it's, it's as if they, it, you said that ignoring the rule of law, that, that the Biden administration is ignoring, that, that carries all the way up to this Absolutely. guy, Merrick Garland, who is, it's, it's, it's as if he's doing the bidding of people who are just ignoring the Constitution anyway. I mean, how does that affect how you were able to, to protect the people of West Virginia? And frankly, that, that sets a good precedent for protecting people around the country because it's scary when you, can't, when, when you have people that literally are saying, we're above the law. Yeah, look, I mean, it is an absolute reckless way to govern. And there aren't even basic conversations that are going on the way you'd normally see between an administration and states. I can point to what happened during the Trump administration. If you were an attorney general and you need to work with the USAG's office, it didn't matter whether you were a Republican or a Democrat. It didn't matter whether you were a Democratic AG and you were suing the Trump administration. The Trump folks would still work with you because they had respect for the rule of law. Yeah. These guys don't at all. In fact, they limit the ability of the AGs or other people in your office to interact with them to get things done. Joe, I can give you some stories of when I was down at the border. Uh, I was down there in January, and a lot of the AGs were supposed to meet with federal agencies to talk about some of the border problems. And if there's an area where there's been the biggest dereliction of duty for this administration, it's allowing the streams of millions of people to come into our uh, nation in an illegal manner. And mm. not only are they trying to uh, impede progress, they're actually helping to facilitate it, which adds to the human trafficking problems. It adds to the drug trafficking problems. And then they take the further step and say, now, states, you're not allowed to try to prevent murder and mayhem on your borders. You actually have to accept that these people are going to come in. That's, to me, the utter dereliction of duty for the rule of law. But it applies to uh, the Attorney General Garland. It applies to Mayorkas, who should be impeached. And it mm. applies to a lot of people who are not only not doing their job, they're actively doing harm to the citizens of our country. And that's got to stop. That's why you have so many of our AGs out there pushing back. That's why I sue as much as humanly possible. I work with my colleagues. You know, I, was, I was looking at all your lawsuits, and you got a lot of them. Like You, you just don't, you're like, ah, uh, lawsuits for everyone. Lawsuit. Law, hey, wait, hey, dirt, what are you doing? Hey, get, get over here. Hey. Sue that guy too. You, right? Yeah, I'm but, going after you. Look, Joe, Joe, I'm going to tell you, it's not just about suing. You know what it's about? Winning. It's about winning. And we actually try to pick fights where we can beat these guys in courts. We're very careful about the cases that we bring. I, look, people have called me a conservative doer. When we pick the cases we go in, mm. if West Virginia is going to go into court, man, we are going to have a real damn good theory, and we're going to have a real good shot of knocking these guys out. We have great lawyers who we're working with in our office. They come for the mission. If there's a good conservative, smart lawyer out there listening or watching today, I'll tell you what, you come to West Virginia, we'll put you to work and we'll keep suing as much as humanly possible and we'll keep winning. And America benefits when West Virginia stands up for the rule of law, when Texas stands up for the rule of law, when everyone does that. Because right now we're the only folks that can stop 
all the nonsense that's going on through the regulatory state and through one-party rule in D.C. So, so I want to I want to tell everyone how important this conversation is, because I brought it up. Most people don't understand the EPA. They, you know what they they understand? They understand if jobs are lost. They understand if gas goes up to six dollars a gallon. They understand. There's certain things that they understand. There's other things that are sure. lost in the regulatory. Uh, you know, minutia of what's going on inside the EPA and what they have the ability to do to the average American, because there's a lot of things that the EPA is able to affect. But you gave an interview to PBS talking about the, the effect. And I, we have a clip that's about six minutes. I'd like to play that if I could. Yeah, um, because Because I thought it was awesome. So let's go ahead and play this clip real quick. And as we said, 19 Republican-led states were a part of the legal challenge to the EPA. Let's turn now to the person I just mentioned. He is West Virginia's Attorney General Patrick Morrissey. He led the national coalition at the Supreme Court. Uh, Mr. Attorney General, I don't know if you were able to hear the EPA administrator, but I just want to ask you first, how much of a victory is this today for electric power generation for the power plants in this country? Look, I think it's a big victory for the rule of law, and I did have the chance to uh, listen to the administrator. And I guess what I would say back is a lot of people are saying tonight the sky is falling, the sky is falling. But people have to take into account that the EPA never had this authority in the first place. There were big promises made over the last decade in terms of what type of initiatives the EPA was going to advance to fight climate change. But we always knew that the EPA only had a narrow sliver of authority to regulate carbon emissions. What I would say to Americans watching tonight is that this decision is not about climate change. It's really about a very simple proposition. Who gets to make the major decisions of the day? Should it be unelected bureaucrats seizing power that has not been delegated to them? Or should it be Congress? We've always argued that it's Congress because that way, whether you're New York or West Virginia or Texas or Nebraska or any of the states across the nation, you're going to have a seat at the table and you're going to have the people's representatives making a choice. And that's what this case is all about. And it's just disappointing to hear a lot of people try to characterize it in some other way. They never had the authority. We knew that from the beginning when we saw the case. I've been working on this since 2013, uh, but it's critical now to understand that so that the debate will likely shift to Congress. But even more importantly, I think people will know now there's a broader tool in place to go after federal overreach whenever it emerges. Well, what we just heard from Administrator Regan and what we've heard from others is that the authority to regulate is still there. It's just that the amount of flexibility is different. So there, mm -hmm. I mean, do you still, do you acknowledge that there are still steps that the government can take as necessary for uh, to make sure that the power plant industry, uh, the, the, the energy industry, industry broadly, is being careful when it comes to protecting the environment? Well, most certainly there will be authorities that are available under the Clean Air Act and uh, that won't change from today. So we've always argued that over the past number of years. In fact, we've argued that the EPA does have a narrow ability to regulate for carbon emissions. But I think folks watching need to understand what this administration has done is they're trying to change the fundamental mission 
of many of the federal agencies out there. If you're not only the EPA, but you're the HHS, or you're the Securities and Exchange Commission, the Department of Energy, the Department of Labor, the Biden administration is asking everyone to change their mission and become more of an environmental regulator. And that's just not the way our Constitution works. Agencies need to comport with the limits that Congress provides to them. And what we've seen with the Biden administration and others as well, of that they have gone so far afield from that statutory authority. I think that's why the court reined them in today. And I think you're going to see more effort to ensure that the Biden administration respects the rule of law, our constitution, and the separation of powers. This is a big win for the people of America because now their elected representatives will have a clear voice. Two other quick points, uh, Mr. Attorney General. And Justice Kagan, in her <laughs> dissenting opinion today, pointed out, she said Congress has told the EPA, she said, uh, to use the best system of regulation so that there was direction from the Congress and, and there was leeway. And there's now been clarification of how much leeway. But in other words, no there's still uh, <laughs> ad advisory from the Congress to the agency to do the best it can to, to make sure these emissions are as clean as possible. Well, look, I think no one is arguing. This is not about having efficiencies or uh, clean air. In fact, everyone supports it. Once again, this is not a case about climate change or hamstring a federal agency. It's about ensuring that when a federal agency acts, it's comporting to the limits that Congress prescribes for them. So the EPA still has certain tools to move forward, but what they don't have the ability to do is on these major questions of the day, for where there's vast economic or political significance, they can't proceed on the basis of maybe some ambiguous language and then try to rewrite the nation's power grid. They can't do that. That's what they tried to do under the Clean Power Plan. And obviously they've talked about doing things that are not feasible today in terms of trying to have 100 million people on the power grid for electric cars and not only finishing to wipe out coal and get rid of half of natural gas, some of what they're trying to accomplish, they clearly don't have the legal authority to do. So what I would ask people to do, don't promise your constituents things you can't deliver. Work within the constitutional systems in order to deliver things that are good for the people. And I think that you'll find a lot of folks care deeply, like a lot of West Virginians, about clean air and clean water. But we have to make sure we respect our constitutional system. And that's what today's case stands for. And I'm sorry, I'm not getting having time to pose to you the question that uh, the administrator recommended at the end. He said to mention the fact that he hopes you, re you and others realize the markets have already spoken. They want the power industry to move but in a clean Judy, direction. The markets responded because the government put a gun to their head and said the regulations are coming to wipe you out. So people forget about that. Government should never possess that kind of power to be abusive. That's why we fought back. The Attorney oh. General for the state. Okay. <laughs> Take it down. At every turn, you should have seen her. I mean, you saw her face, but she was not happy. She was, she's like, I, I want them to be able to tell you what to do. Joe, I have to tell you this. You'll, you'll appreciate the story. So uh, obviously when the Supreme Court decision came out, we wanted to get the word out to as many media outlets across the country because it's a big deal. And I've always taken the position that this victory 
should not be perceived as a Republican win or a Democrat win, because if a Republican administration overreaches, well, guess what? They should be slapped down, too. And if yeah. a Democratic administration overreaches, let's rein them back in. So this is a value-neutral decision that's consistent with the way the separation of powers are laid out under our Constitution. But when we were getting calls on that day, a couple of my team said, well, should we go on PBS? I said, let's go on anywhere and talk about this issue because we're not afraid of talking about this. And we were actually hopeful we could have a back and forth with the administrator because, look, I've been working on this case for nine years. We've had some ups and downs. Interestingly, Joe, you'll note that uh, the D.C. Circuit, we lost four times, but we won twice at the U.S. Supreme Court because we knew we were correct on the law. But we've tried to message this across the board and go into hostile territory. Why? We're not afraid. We know that this is the right approach, and we're willing to talk about it to anyone in America. Okay, so let, let's talk about that. Four times you lost in the D.C. Circuit, and you had to take it all the way to the Supreme Court. You know, there, there's there, and, and this is an important thing to, to understand from a legal standpoint. They've made getting justice or getting to the place where we are constitutionally centered so expensive. They've they've put out certain uh, uh, lobbyist groups that actually represent the people. The the people of this country. They're represented. They've done everything to basically use lawfare to shut them down, to shut out lawyers, to make them afraid to actually stand up. You've, they've come after you. They've come after your law license. So, but these people are this, the judiciary. The judiciary is ignoring the law. In essence, you lost four times, not because you weren't correct. Because I went back and read some of the, the uh, opinions in those cases related to these losses, and it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't right. follow just basic standards of, of constitutional law or the authority that's been given to certain regulatory agencies across the nation. So you had to take it all the way well, to the Supreme just, Court. Just even in the last C Circuit Court a case this, that came out, I think it was January 19, 2021, yeah. when, when I read the decision, it basically said that the EPA had virtually unlimited authority to act. And we were looking at that thinking, if this stands... Oh my goodness, not only what could uh, this particular agency do, but we're looking at uh, a use of federal government. Oh, yeah, I mean, across the board. I mean, the beautiful thing about this case, by the way, whether you're looking at ATF, whether you're looking at uh, the EPA, you're looking at Department of Labor, you're looking at the IRS, we could have a long conversation about the new 87,000 uh, agents that they're trying to hire uh, to go after the American public in this Build Back Better nonsense bill. But there's an opportunity to make sure that these bureaucrats are living under the same rules that we are. And that's why we fought after we saw the D.C. Circuit Court. We said, look, we've got to try to take this up to the U.S. Supreme Court. We won once before at SCOTUS in 16. I think we're correct. We're basically advancing similar principles. And that's what we did. But look, you get hit a lot because imagine if you're losing in the D.C. Circuit. You get some of the local papers, they just attack you. They say, oh, you're wrong. You're wasting taxpayer money. No, we pick our cases very, very carefully. And we have a very damn good batting average, and we're going to keep going. But it can be hard because the other side's got a mountain of money. I remember when I was running for Senate back in 18, when you see the kind of volume of money that Bloomberg dumps in, because he know, they know who I am. They know the work that we do to yeah. fight back against 
reach it to protect our Second Amendment. So they pour the money in and then it's hard to fight back. And that's why we have to make sure that uh, you have uh, people with spines made of steel to, make, to deliver on the rule of law. And that's what we aim to do. Well, and you've done a, a darn good job of it. We, as and we talk about the EPA, I want to I want to kind of put two and two together here and ask you some questions. Obviously, this does affect the the regulatory uh, restrictions as it relates to the Department of Labor. But what kind of theory could you use to apply this to the ATF or other agencies that we as Americans, on an everyday basis, run the risk, the threat of them taking away fundamental rights in some of these regulatory agencies? Yeah, I think the biggest thing and one of the uh, the most important follow-ups after West Virginia VPA things we're doing, number one, we're actually developing a list of potential cases uh, that would be applicable in the aftermath of West Virginia VPA. And we'll you know, be able to publish that at some point. But one of the things we're looking at would be instances when there's this mission creep, right? So for instance, I point out to the Biden climate agenda one of the things that they were so proud to announce after they took over is that every agency is going to participate in this climate effort. And we start to look and they said, wait a minute, HHS is involved in this? The SEC is involved in this? Uh, CFTC? Like all these different alphabet soup agencies. But that's not consistent with the Constitution. So, Joe, the first thing you look at for the future that affects everyday Americans, you say, why on earth is the SEC trying to be an environmental regulator. You know why that matters? Because all publicly traded companies, if the SEC ESG rules go through, are going to have a mountain of burdens placed upon them. And obviously, then you're going to give government a great deal of additional power uh, to force companies to serve as actors of the state to do their will. So corporate policy at the boardroom level could change because of governmental pressure and we believe that West Virginia VEPA could be a very effective tool to stop what that SEC rule is all about. And the reason I say this is it's not just about turning the SEC into being environmental regulator, but monitoring your campaign contributions, diversity in the workforce, what kind of food that you're eating, you know, is are you adequately vegetarian or, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's nuts that you see. In fact, we read the comments, Joe, from what when the SEC was thinking about some of the stuff years ago, and it's amazing the kind of things that people could come up with. Well, and I was trying to while I'm I'm sitting here, I'm looking at some of the articles that we were able to pull related to um, the decision for the EPA and the the overreach of of the regulatory authority. And what what really is interesting about about it is that the people that are writing stories about the people that are writing stories about what's happening in the United States, 90% of those people that are writing for uh, the Associated Press, they're not Americans. They don't even understand the constitutional integrity of this country. And they write from a position, and, and I'm sorry, I, I think we should be America first, 100%. I think that we should put our mask on before a, a, you know, a, assisting others, right? Make sure that our people are here are well protected. Uh, but there was an article that came out specifically that said the fallout of the Supreme Court attack on federal climate regulation is spreading throughout the executive branch, creating legal uncertainty for rules on topics as far afield as abortion, immigration, and even amateur auto racing. <laughs> 
And they called it an attack on federal climate regulations, but that's not truly what had happened. And, and they're stepping over, they're stepping over the reality of what this case said, which is that the people, like they do everything else. That's right. The people have an ob, we ha it's of the people, for the people, by the people. And they want to step over the people like they're dead bodies and tell us what we have to do. And that's not, that's not related in any one of these stories that I read about this EPA deal. They, they feel yeah, like, go ahead. Joe, you're exactly right. This decision allows the people's representatives to make the decisions. Right. And it says that's your job, it's not the bureaucrat's job. And I would argue, once again, this could be used by the left, it could be used by the right, but the reason why it's so important, it's so good, it says, follow the rules, there will be no constitutional shortcuts. If we achieve that in West Virginia VPA, everyone in America should be happy. But look, everyone's not, because people are going to say, oh my God, we had promised all these big things to all our constituencies. And we said, don't worry, even if we don't have the votes in Congress, we'll use the powers of the federal bureaucracies to drive our agenda. No, you're not going to do that. We're well, going to stop you. And, 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 that, and that's what this case ultimately is about, that you, you make sure there are real limits on what these agencies can do. Follow the law. So they, there's, there's something to be said. I was sitting on a call two weeks ago, and they were talking about the Keystone Pipeline and how the EPA's decision-making and how they shut down the Keystone Pipeline now has no teeth. And if they wanted to, they could just start back up the Keystone Pipeline and finish it, that they have the authority based upon this ruling in the EPA. So there's all these lawyers that are jockeying on, let's just start. And I know that's a conversation, but, but how do you, and I guess this is a more of a rhetorical question, how do you continue to go down a path? And I think how the high court said, is they invoke what's called the Major Decisions Doctrine, declare that agencies such as the EPA need explicit congressional approval before asserting highly consequential power. Right? That, that was written in their in their in their yeah, the decision. Major doctrine, absolutely, and it has to be an independent review now, so that the agency can't just act unless you have that clear statement, not ambiguous, clear statement from Congress. Well, and so this highly consequential power. I, I, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer, but. And I never played one on TV, but I do love to read stuff like this. And yeah. the, the theory that I get is highly consequential power. So we, and, and when I was on this call, we were, I had a couple of uh, energy agencies, supposed to be a super secret, talk about how we can, because energy companies are not making a ton of money. Gas prices go up doesn't mean that they're making a ton of money. It's not the way it works. But how do, how do, they, how do the people get to speak and use this EPA standard so that bigger businesses can get past the consequences that are affecting the American people through these bureaucratic agencies and regulatory stamps without yeah. the people being able to speak. Well, I think one of the things that is likely to happen in the upcoming months are going to be AGs, not only me, but a lot of my colleagues. We are looking at these lists about other instances where major questions, doctrine should apply. And I think that you can see more activity. And also the lower courts are going to now have to come into compliance with what the U.S. Supreme Court just issued. And I think that'll be important as well. You're going to start to develop the law on this issue. And we're very hopeful it's going to be very positive development of the law. But if you go back to the beginning of the Biden administration, the first day they went after Keystone. And then they went after uh, the moratorium on oil and gas drilling and on coal uh, mining. 
and then they go half the social cost of carbon. There's been a very aggressive attempt to go after uh, energy production and energy independence in our country. And now we have a chance to, you know, take a pause on that and be very clear that the next time these rules are issued, we're going to have additional tools available to push back and defeat them. And, you know, Joe, I think you're right. These guys are still going to resist and they're going to insist that they didn't lose. But you know what you do when that happens? You beat them again and again and again and again. And I think we have the precedent now to do just that. And then we have to do what we're doing tonight, right? We have to go and educate Americans as to what this is about. If there's a big issue of the day, something of vast economic and political significance, it's a major question. Mm -hmm. You you need to look to your attorney general. You need to look to the states who serve as the counterbalance to the federal government. And it's really important for states to be speaking out. So ordinary citizens get to know your attorney general in all the states and know that that person could be a huge asset for your cause or a real liability. And you have to make sure you have enough of these AGs in place working for you across the country because all of them are not going to be willing to do the same thing. And we have a lot of great right. colleagues, Republican Attorneys General Association, wonderful people, hardworking, and I'm privileged to call them my friends. Uh, but, you know, in a lot of the other blue states, you're not getting much representation and they're standing idly by as the rule of law is being stepped on. Uh, we need to change that. Well, and I think the frustration of the American people is that it gets stepped on every day at every level, and that the federal government takes liberties. So, so let me ask you a question because I know that you have your eyes now on SEC trying to, uh, you know, have their yeah. climate their climate change agenda change agenda. But let, let's talk about the the five hundred thousand pound gorilla in the room. Let's talk about it. Election law, and you and I have talked about this, and I was like, listen. I will sit down and show you all the evidence in all 50 states that these election machines are compromised. I, I, I've said, I'll, I'll, and you go, Joe, I, I need concrete evidence before I can go before and say that, hey, sure. we're going to sue on these behalf. But the, the, the evidence is so, it, it's so massive and it's, it's happening everywhere. It's like plugging a, a boat with 5,000 holes. Does the same thing that you're talking about, does the same theory that you're talking about, the consequential power, does it allow for states to decouple themselves from this, this, this vast idea that we should use machines in our elections when there's so much question as to whether or not it preserves the voice of the American people? Just, and you don't have to be the, me. You don't have to be the same as me and say, election fraud is everywhere. It is, in my opinion, but you don't have to do that. But it, does it, doesn't transparency play a part and, and this whole structure of who gets to make the rules, if... Yeah, look, uh, Joe, I, I think it does. And in fact, you know this from our conversations that I spent an enormous amount of time uh, diving in after the election and uh, trying to get to the bottom of what happened in 2020. And, mm-hmm. and I was terrified with some of the decisions that were made. And there were things that were done that were not only highly irregular, but undoubtedly drove the outcome in a number of of places. And one of the things that I did early on uh, is that I worked with a number of states because I I happen to think that this ballot harvesting is really, really pernicious. I mean, think of the concept of one person uh, carting around a thousand votes. What harm could possibly happen under that scenario? I mean, my God, right? I mean, these are things that you don't do. You have to be able to do 
track and tracing and, uh, and, and carry the ballot all the way through if you're going to have these absentees and these mails. But the ballot harvesting was a huge problem. And, you know, Arizona made a change. We went up. We actually are part of a team that helped ensure that that Arizona anti-ballot harvesting law actually was sustained. It's pretty cool stuff, right? That mm-hmm. meant that every state now could follow up and pass laws of their own. Now, everyone hasn't done that, and that's part of the problem. The issue is left to the states to be able to follow up and make the tough decisions, you know, in the face of public pressure where they're saying, oh, you're trying to restrict the vote. But, you know, to me, anti-ballot harvesting rules, that's not about restricting votes. That's about protecting the integrity of the ballot box. And there are a lot of other things that need to be done to increase transparency, to make sure that people are getting very engaged in the process. We need Republicans, Democrats, everyone to actually be uh, ballot watchers and focus on what's going on in the polls so there's real-time transparency. And there's a lot that needs to occur to uh, reinstill confidence in the system and change the laws so what we saw that happened in 20 never happens again. Well, and I, and and the the you know there there's there's a lot of things that we talk about when it comes to the problems that are in our country, and I think that you know you being a conservative and doing the things that you do and standing tirelessly, I'm I'm surprised someone had tried to shoot you in the back yet because that's what Democrats do. Um, sorry, I said that out loud. Um, but there 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 is information out there, and I think that my issue with the system itself, being a system architectural expert, like I understand system architecture when it comes to systems, is sure. not transparent. And mail-in ballots, as you just talked about, for ballot harvesting, it's not, you cannot secure the entire line of those mail-in ballots. It is highly susceptible to fraud. And the system by which we send things through U.S. mail, the entire system has so many holes in it that it's subject to fraud. And, and you, can, right. you can say a lot of things about it, but look, you can hack any system. And to have a system so poorly designed across the board in all of these voting systems, and then have government agencies and, and I'll call it dark money, Soros money, pouring into things like this ERIC system, which now, I mean, Soros funded ERIC, which is now in, I think, 38 or 39 states. And the, the mathematical data, the scientific data, does not support the number of people that voted in 2020 or will continue to vote through 2021 and 2022. It just doesn't support it. And so, so I pulled some information, hard, hard question. I don't know if they sent it to you. I hope they did. But this report on voter registrations, number eight, Mr. Producer, if you could put this up, put us on screen with it, if you would. Um, based data VW, you've heard of them, right? I yes. think so they purchased the, the VW, excuse me, the, the West Virginia Voter Registration Database from the West Virginia Secretary of State's office in 2021 and began right. a six-month in-depth investigation. And if, if you walk through, and this information was, by, by the way, validated by uh, Seth Keschel, who they've called a white nationalist, and, and by Jeff O'Donnell. And we plotted this information into a place where you could, you could actually read it. You could see that the likelihood of this of this happening in West Virginia, and I do believe that some states are tight, tighter than others. I believe that. But as you see this information from a mathematical standpoint, from a scientific standpoint, it's impossible for you not to have questions about the integrity of the systems that are being used, or even the voter databases themselves being pure or, or not manipulated. 
So actually, before we go on, I'm just going to remind everyone that this podcast is, again, sponsored by IP Vanish as well, uh, since we are all under massive scrutiny from uh, organizations like the government, and who knows how they'll get to your information. If you're tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the internet, or maybe advertisers know a little bit too much about you, if you're concerned about the privacy of your identity, using an incognito mode won't solve the problem. Uh, IP Vanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IP Vanish on your computers, tablets, phones, and even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IP Vanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means that your private communications, uh, details, passwords, browsing history, and more will be shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online, and it's really simple. Uh, they're offering for listeners of this show an incredible 70% off of their yearly plan. Uh, and you also get a 30-day money-back guarantee for that. So that's just like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. So stop sharing everything that you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy with the world. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily. You'll get your 70% savings or nine months for free. That's ipvanish, ipvanish.com slash daily. Uh, go there and check them out. I've been using these guys for uh, close to six months now. Um, and I do like that they give you unlimited number of devices. Uh, so it's, it's actually a really good deal. Right. Well, Joe, one thing I would note uh, is that this is why it really matters, not only who you have as your attorney general, but really who also is your secretary of state, right? Because right. I'm the chief legal officer of the state. Then you have a secretary of state who's the chief elections officer. So, you know, obviously we have certain tools and authorities under our power and they have some under theirs. We, I know I have a good relationship with our secretary of state. And back in 2020, number one, we actually did an investigation which undercovered a ballot fraud. There was mm -hmm. a postman that was actually trying to flip votes uh, to one side. And he was actually trying to flip it to the Republican side. But the point is that it, doesn't matter. it was easy to do. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So we actually uh, did the investigation, pursued it. The guy got prosecuted. The second piece I wanted to tell you is that uh, I got a call because I know some people in a particular town that there were real serious questions about uh, fraud and errors in the counting process. And you know what? We did an investigation for the sector of state. We went into court. Do you know a little town, uh, the numeric, uh, the number on their board flipped because we found some of the ballots and had the right ballots counted. So the composition of the board changes, which right. was huge for that particular city, people might not have thought, but it might have a profound effect on economic development in that region of the state because we took the time, people brought the problems, the errors to our attention. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I know I've heard about the report and if someone brings something to me, what I do is we research every potential allegation, but I would note that we also have to meet a certain evidentiary standard. Uh, and then we refer things to the sector of state or we do the investigations. And I think you need that in place in every state because at the end of the day, if you don't have the right people in place, in these offices, you could be in a world of hurt and you need honorable men and women of, both, of all parties to sit in these spots. 
You know, and uh, we, we've talked a lot about the fact that it's not Democrats or Republicans that are a problem. And I truly believe this because I have been, you know, in, in my time of, of serving my community, I've been around a lot of Democrats who I consider friends. And, and many of those Democrats, they, the, the friends, they disagreed with me at first, and I've had to go through a process. Everyone said that's red-pilling. I would tell them, I'm not even red-pilling people, I'm just giving them enough data to make a decision. The problem that I have is that you said that they brought stuff to your attention and you were able to uncover those things. You were able to yeah. uncover, and that re it resulted, a, a Republican, the guy that wanted to flip it for Republicans, he went to jail. He should go to jail. He should go to jail. Yeah. Anybody that cheats the voice of the American people, that takes away the voice of the American people, should not only go to jail, but if it, it's not a victimless crime. I mean, what we're seeing in our country is not Amen. victimless. Amen. But as you walk through this data, you said that you have to re reach a burden of evidence. As you walk through this data, it becomes impossible for, for me. And again, I, I try to, to, again, I'm not a, a lawyer. I'm not an attorney. I'm not, I don't play one on TV. I love to read. But I look at the, the differences of some of this information, and I go, okay, why can't we dig into some of this and find out if there's something to it, such as, you know, that, that the Eric system has actually uh, been funded by people like George Soros, and that he is a, he is a foreign national that is doing business in our, in our country, and he's buying elections, and he's influencing public policy as an outsider. When you have systems that are designed that way with a person that is... Uh, I would say, has not been noted to have uh, ethical or moral um, sure. directions to, to the decisions he makes, doesn't that rise to the level when you start seeing all of the stuff on voter IDs and valid address, addresses yeah. and the canvas reports that rises to a level where we should try to really dig into those things and, and find oh, out I, if there's that, a systematic approach to stealing the voice? Well, without a doubt. And let me point out a couple things. First of all, I've weighed in very aggressively, uh, not only against the Soros money uh, with respect to elections, and, and we could have a longer conversation about the Soros-funded prosecutors, and there's actually a separate organization finally coming together to combat that, which is great. Uh, but we have the Zuckerbucks problem, right? And I, I remember during the election, there were multiple times when do-gooder groups came in and said, oh, well, we'll handle the bailing. Well, I'll pay for all this stuff. No, there are certain functions that should really be within the role of government and people that uh, the voters have selected for those positions, right? To count the ballot, to make sure that there's integrity within the system. And you have to have that in place. You can't outsource the integrity of elections to a third party. And I agree thousand percent with that. I will say with respect to West Virginia, every time I've ever been given any allegation, I try to chase it down or I call the Secretary of State, even on this data, uh, Joe, I, I could tell you, I've reached out to the Secretary of State, and uh, what they've indicated to me is that they, you know, they're willing to meet and talk with anyone who could point out specific issues if they think that they're at the level of an error versus the error of you know fraud. That can all be worked out, but I'd be the first to say, listen, if you have responsible people providing this information, then let's get to the bottom of it um, and then find out, is it just an error or is it systematic or is there intent? Uh, I will say that in West Virginia, I feel very good. The working relationship between my office and the sector of state, we've been able to block some of the efforts on flawed. And I do think we have good systems generally in place. Uh, and I know that because of the work that we've been able to do. But 
my goodness, if anyone has anything more that we should do or has specifics, please let me know. I'm pretty accessible, right? I can talk to people on the phone. I'm going to come on your program here and we'll try to put you in the touch with the right people because we're a small state. Like we know each other. So we'll come and we'll try to solve problems. And I'm eager to do that. We have to build up confidence in the system. Otherwise, the American people say, why the heck should I even vote? And we're at that point right now. There are real deep divisions and we have to address that. And I, I agree with you on that. Oh, and we haven't even started talking about the vigilanteism that is starting to to percolate to the surface because of how much lawlessness has happened in the bureaucrats of our country. I can, I can tell you that I have to talk people off of ledges all the time. While they say that I'm for, you know, blood in the streets and everything else, which I've never been, I did say that if you're convicted of treason, the Constitution, or excuse me, our laws state that you can be hung. But... Uh, I probably shouldn't joke about that, but I did. Because I think humor heals the heart. And I think a lot of us are at that place where we feel like we don't have the same responsibility or same opportunity. Um, so th so I, I do want to bring this up because people brought me a bunch of stuff. And, and I do know that you're accessible. And I do know that you listen. I do know that I've sent you things and um, that you have always taken a very um, measured approach to making sure that you can do that sure. thing that you just talked about, which is win. But there's a, there's a lot of, there, there's, there's information that was provided to me, and, and, and this, is, this is important because I think it's, that had hard evidence provided with spreadsheets complete with voter IDs, names, uh, addresses, um, and, and it was concrete evidence that was brought by the, the base data of West Virginia. It, what do they have, I mean, they went to your staff, it obviously didn't get to you. I've looked through it. Isn't this information that if I got in front of you, and it was compelling enough that you dig into. And I think this does relate to this, this ballot harvesting kind of manipulation that's happened around the country. Um, well, let me, let me give you the perspective of what, what I think happened. So when I get this information, what I generally do is uh, I might take a quick look at it, but also have our team look at it and start to analyze. And then if there are things that are outside of what our office can do, we frequently either you know, refer it or drop something off and say, hey, take a look at this. In fact, I've had the opportunity to talk to our Secretary of State's office. They welcomed those folks in, uh, provided a lot of data. And it's my understanding I'm, that there really hasn't been much aggressive follow-up coming from those folks to determine, here's the specific data. This may represent an error. This may represent a broader problem. And I'd be the first to tell you, we could make that happen. I know the people that work there. They want to get to the root of the fraud problem. Now, that's I'm not in charge of election laws, but I can help try to facilitate to put the right people before them, but they have to follow up. And what I've been told is that they had a lot of interaction, Secretary of State provided a lot of information, but then there wasn't the right follow up. And I would encourage folks to do that because it's incumbent on the individuals that are making allegations or bring them forth, please provide that information so it's understandable and folks can solve problems. And I deeply want to solve all those problems. And I actually believe our Secretary of State wants to do that as well. So I, I don't know all the details in there, but I can tell you that I, I did call and I did ask, and they're more than willing to go through any single issue because I think some of the things that we're pointing out were errors, they weren't fraud. And I, I know that by, by looking and knowing that there are gonna be some problems and errors in the system or the addresses changed when you move to the 9-11 or 
some of the spikes in registration through the advent of Facebook and what the Secretary of State has done to go into the schools and the number of registered voters have changed. So we've looked at some of those issues that there are natural explanations for, but I will tell you, um, I have always believed I work for the people and that if you bring something directly and you can show, hey, this is something that needs to be changed, please, Joe, uh, bring it in. And we, we want to fix all this because we have an election coming up, not only in West Virginia in 22, but in 24. We've got to get all this right and figured out. And I'll be eager to uh, run through fire to make that happen. So uh, so I, I want to I say this because I think it's important that it's never going to be as easy as, first of all, you're, you're an attorney. You're not a tech person. Right, you're not a right. tech guy, so th there's always and and this is my problem, by the way, with using machines in elections, is that there's not enough institutional knowledge, there's not enough institutional knowledge at every level across every level on what is possible within machines. Like if I told you about neural networks and their ability to be paralleled and and to use those to operate like a brain, it would blow your mind the capabilities that it has above and beyond what you have as a human, the the, the things that it's able to solve, and so. I want people to understand that, that if, if we don't have the knowledge, if I don't have the knowledge that you have in law, I want to rely on you. And I want there to be a reliance back and forth, but I, there has to be honest dialogue. And I do appreciate the fact that, Patrick, you have, you have always given me honest dialogue. And I, I just was defending you to, on, the, on the chat while I was sitting here talking, saying, hey, look, give Patrick a chance. We're going to run out of time, and before we run out of time, there's two things I have to do for you. One, I have to yeah. pray for you before you get off, because we pray after at, at the end of every show. So I'm going to do that. Um, number two, I want to I want to go through and uh, I, I want to ask you a question because I think this is important because there's a there's a there's a, Sh a Schumer man man mansion Mankin uh, build back better 2.0 bill. It's a terrible bill. It's going to hurt our country a lot. And it's going to, and, and I'll say this, it's, it's going to uniquely harm West Virginia. So Mankin is doing something to hurt his own people in West Virginia. I, I will tell you, Joe, it's uh, very disheartening uh, to have someone who's working against the interests of the people. And the provisions that are included with respect to energy are going to really hurt West Virginia. And, Give me one minute, I'm going to explain exactly why. Yeah. Imagine you're in a state which relies on coal for 86% of your energy usage, right? Yeah. And then a bill comes along that's going to have various incentives and change, which is going to force such a shock to the system in West Virginia that maybe in a few years it won't be 86%, maybe it's 50%, maybe it's 30%. We don't know what the numbers will look like, but uh, Schumer and Manchin say it'll be 40% reduction of carbon emissions. So when you have that kind of shock to the system and you're changing forms of energy, that's a massive transition. Well, who pays for that transition? Well, obviously, when you go through utilities, utilities then send the bills out to the consumers. The power bills are going to go through the roof. The price of electricity is going to soar. West Virginia is going to hurt really badly just from those sets of provisions alone. It's a horrible bill for our state. And remember, I haven't even been able to go into the 87,000 IRS agents who are going to terrorize folks across the country. There's separate follow-up in that. Talk about the inflation that's going to occur 
with this Build Back Better nonsense. And it's deeply, deeply disturbing uh, that this is going to happen. And I'd be the first to say, Joe, I was rooting him on uh, to hold the line. And he did hold the line on a number of provisions, but not on this. Uh, he completely caved. It's absolutely unacceptable. And it's going to hurt America. And I'm going to do everything I can to fight back. And I guess now we're left with Kirsten Cinema is the only one who hasn't uh, said anything. But, you know, we all need to make our voices heard. Uh, because this is something that's not good for the long term of our country. And 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 you said something that is a stark contrast to what we should be, the ethos, the culture of our country, and that is to do to to follow the will of the people, not act like daddy. And what they're doing, right. and if you look at the investments that have been made by these radical people in office, and I thought Mankin was a, frankly was a was a centrist. You know, he was a Democrat in, in name only, that he stood up for the people. But you see how this erosion has taken place, and he's literally stabbing each one of his constituents in the face. Not in the side. Not These are fatal blows that he is, that he is doing to his own people in his own state with a smile on his face. While they're, The one thing about Bid Back Better 2.0 is that the tax implications on the American people go up dramatically dramatically and right in right. a time right now where 52 cents 52 cents on every dollar comes out of a person's paycheck that's what they pay in taxes today it's 52 cents on every dollar that's going to rise to 59 cents on every dollar 59% of what you pay goes to the government while inflation is going through the roof while you know the cost of living is soaring while businesses are making less than they've ever had before while regulation is being pressed upon the people the amount of slavery that people feel right now patrick is unbelievable yeah. it's unbelievable uh, amen well look i mean uh, you're preaching to the choir obviously here I look at this and the inflationary aspects of this bill, what Biden's done to destroy American energy independence, because keep in mind, when you shut down the pipeline, when you put all these crazy provisions in place, what you do is you actually drive the price of energy up. And so energy prices have gone up. They've been one of the leading drivers of increases in prices of services and in food and in other commodities. And that's a serious concern. And you know, we had the 9.1% inflation rate that came out last month. Uh, heaven knows what the next month's going to look like. And this bill is only going to throw more gasoline on the fire. So it's it's just, uh, it's as if you have a bunch of people, especially in West Virginia, who wrote a bill, and you couldn't imagine someone writing a bill that's worse for our state. And it's also equally bad for the rest of the country because we're going to see shocks to the system that we haven't seen before, more inflation, more spending, more debt. I mean, it's just bad across the board. And I, I can't say enough in terms of how deeply I'm disheartened and disappointed uh, by Senator Manchin's decision. There's still time for him to change his mind. And uh, I'm eager for, for him to, to, to do that. But look, we're going to do everything we can to fight. I would tell all of your listeners, learn what we're doing because we do take the fight the Biden administration, and we've won a lot. Go to Team Morrissey if you want to learn more about me. It's two R's, one S. We post a lot of information. We try to be pretty transparent. Joe, as you know, I take calls from anyone across the country, and we'll talk about any topic that you want. But we have to form a cohesive group where if we agree 90% of the time, we're going to drive forward and we're going to unite because the other side's pretty united. 
and boy, they're coming for our individual rights. Uh, we, you know, we haven't had enough time on the show to talk about efforts to squelch the First Amendment and the Second Amendment and the Fourth Amendment and just how aggressive these guys have been to destroy the institutions that undergird our constitutional republic. Well, I got to tell you, um, you're absolutely right. And they can find you. Now, you, you actually do have the ability for them to donate to you and to your campaign, right? They, and that's at Team Morrissey? It's, yeah, it's, people can go to Team morrissey.com that's two r's one s and i would just say this i i think i've said this to you joe uh, i'm entitled to nothing in this life so but i'm willing to ask when it's a just cause and we're taking on the big fights uh, that you know about and we're uh, doing pretty darn good in the arena uh, but there are a lot of left-wing billionaires that don't like the work that we're doing we're going to keep going because it's the right thing to do uh, joe as i think i've mentioned to you i gave up the big law firm job uh, and am now uh, making a heck of a lot less money. Uh, so we count on everyone to step up and to build an army of patriots who know, hey, wait a minute, this guy is carrying water and doing things that are really good for the defense of the Republic. And so if people like that concept, you know, folks have a chance to uh, spend an hour and listen and hear and say, hey, that guy's doing some really cool stuff. Maybe I'll pitch in 25 bucks, 35 bucks, 50 bucks. Hey, that's great. I thank people for everything they're willing to do. Well, I tell you, um, I'm going to bring you the information that we have in West Virginia that's been pr provided. I personally will fly out there. I'm committing to this right now because obviously I'm all over the country. I'll be in North Carolina on uh, Saturday, um, and I think I'm in Pennsylvania on Monday, maybe Monday. Um, I'm. So I have states that I'm going to go to. I'm going to go to West Virginia. I'm going to spend some time there with you. And uh, yeah. I think that uh, the I think the information is very not only compelling, but I do think it has elements that would lead you to believe that there, there's there's there well, there's smoke, there's fire, and this is definitely fire. With with that said, I want I want you to know something. When I talked to you, you said something to me that I thought was amazing and and showed me character. And that was, Joe, I'm not always right. I'm not telling you I'm right. I'm just telling you that before I get in the fight, I have to have elements of being right. So just show me those things. And so I just, I appreciate what you did with the EPA. I appreciate your taking up the SEC. I appreciate the fact that you're willing to take the fight to them on the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. And I can see it. So I can get in there and see it. Uh, you, just so that the listeners know, uh, Patrick is in queue for me to give a large donation to his campaign, so I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And if you have a chance to go support him, that's T-E-A-M-M-O-R-R-I-S-E-Y.com. That's TeamMorrissey.com. So thank you. It's been great to be on your show and really appreciate this opportunity. It's a lot of fun. I need to do podcasts more often. Well, we have a pretty we have a pretty large reach, so you're you'll be surprised how many people actually reach out to you after this, and and um, uh, I think you'll uh, um, there's there's lots of other ways that we can support you and make sure we give you uh, back support, especially when it has to do with Mankin and the things that he's doing in West Virginia. There's people that are saying thank you because they have family that are in West Virginia. There's people that are saying that they live in West Virginia. And it's, it's tough to see that and to know that the implications are is that they're going to be able to eat less, they're going to be able to take care of their family less, and it's all so they can feed this mechanism of, of greed within the federal government specifically. So, 
Look, I will tell you, there are huge challenges going on right now. And one of the things that a lot of your listeners know is that Trump put the finger in the dike, right? And blocked a lot of the crap that uh, had been pent up and the left was trying to move for a long time. So thank goodness that he got elected when he did, especially filling up the, uh, the judiciary and the Supreme Court. But I'll tell you what, uh, now they have all the levers of power in D.C., the House and the Senate and the White House, and it's up to state attorneys general. It's up to governors and states to fight back and make sure that your voice is being heard because we do have a co-equal form of government. Now, I know a lot of people talk about federal preemption over the states, but the states were designed to serve as separate sovereigns of the federal government. And I think it's important that we always remember that. The Tenth Amendment's here for a reason. The states are set up for a reason. And we should make sure that we exercise that a lot more. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to pray for you. And then uh, we'll, we will stay connected for sure. And I, and, I, and I do want to tell you, this is, for everyone that's listening, you need to share this as well. There, there, there are times that we do podcasts where I go, share this, share this. I feel like I'm running around going, share this, share this, share this. I am. The, the implications of what is happening in West Virginia, the implications of these lawsuits that are being brought forward, and you said it before, four times you lost in the D.C. Circuit only to be vindicated in the, in the Supreme Court. That is what it takes. It takes courage to stand up to these, these judges. And, here, and here's the other thing that drives me crazy, 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 Patrick, and that is you're not allowed to badmouth a judge. You're not allowed to talk disparagingly about they criticize them because it's against the rules to be a lawyer. They can disbar you for it, right? They can right. sanction you for it. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, we go through this all the time where we disagree, but we have to be professional, respectful, and that's literally in the rules. Yeah, but, but I think that civility is going out the window very quickly for people as they become really frustrated. And so I think that the, our side... The side of, of truth and justice and, and the rule of law, our side is losing patience with waiting for things to happen for us. And as we see this happen, they just don't feel like the wheels are turning fast enough. And so I want to encourage people to say, listen, get involved. Yeah, they have to get involved, too. They have to get involved financially. They have to get involved uh, right. from a poll watcher standpoint, standing up, being willing to do something in their community in order to affect those mores of society. Yeah. And Joe, the other point I'd make, I think you're exactly right. We need more people to get involved. The other thing I would note is that uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. And so a lot of people talk to me about West Virginia BPA. But you can knock it down in a day. But you can knock it down in a day. (laughs) But but here's the thing. West Virginia BPA, it took nine years of work. We led the national coalition. I started working on that first year in office. We started suing in 14. And we had ups and downs. And it went through different uh, permutations. But the reason I say this is that you have to be patient and you have to work. And you know, I have about eight or 10 lawyers doing a lot of the work that we're talking about. And so you can't do everything. And so you have to kind of divide and conquer the world uh, with an army. And that's why AGs need to work together. But citizens need to work together and organize. And you know, sometimes be a little patient because we put in long hours, we get a lot done, we win. But uh, every issue that might take 300 hours is not going to get solved immediately. Awesome. Well, I'm going to pray for you if it's okay. Amen. And guys, thanks for all the questions. I really like the questions. I like the passion. That's the passion we have to have is how do we solve the problem? How do we work the problem? So thank you from, from the comment section.
Father God, thank you. Thank you for the courage, tenacity, the stamina that you've given Patrick. Thank you for the commitment that you've placed on his heart. Thank you for the time that you've freed up for him, the, the division of time so that, that he has the ability to fight on multiple fronts. Thank you for his staff, Father. Thank you for the people that are standing behind him, that are watching him lead and are willing to step into that fight as well. Father, just thank you for West Virginia. Thank you for the people of West Virginia that have elected Patrick to that position so that he can stand in the gap and protect the interests of the American people. Father, I keep asking for bold, just, just bold asks. And so I have another bold ask. I have an ask that, that the work supernaturally that Patrick is doing can, can be done in such a way that it can pull back the veil of impropriety, that it can silence those that would not stand for the rule of law, that would not follow the Constitution. Father, I would just ask you to put barriers in front of those that would do harm to West Virginia, do harm to the people in this country. I would ask you to supernaturally to show yourself in so many ways that it becomes impossible for people not to recognize that your will is being done. Father, I ask for a hedge of protection around Patrick and his family, around the people that are working on his staff and in his environment. I would ask you to bless him financially. I would ask you to bless his ability to to be heard and seen by everyone in West Virginia and to have his voice carry throughout the country to, to allow others to have the same courage he has in fighting for America. Father, I would ask you to protect Patrick's uh, person, his character, to just put a, a hedge of protection around those things that would do harm, to, to keep the evil out of his heart, out of his mind, and allow him to focus while still enjoying and having joy in his life. Father, I ask you to bless the listeners and bless those people out there who, who literally feel like it's hopeless. I would ask you to, to pour hope into their hearts and to protect them. Help them to see and feel joy, to enjoy the people around them, and to not think that the sky is falling, but to, to understand that we are in a state of restoration. We're restoring you to our community, Father. And I just, I, I want people to see that. I want to see that we're winning, that Patrick is winning, that, that the, the AGs are standing up, and there are people who are God-fearing, courageous people that are doing your work, Father. Father, I ask all of these things humbly and boldly in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We, we, and we got to talk about stuff that, you know, sounded kind of uncomfortable for, you know, AGs to talk about. I get to talk about stuff off offline a little bit with some other AGs. And they're like, Joe, listen, am I, am I being recorded? I'm like, no. Which is why I want to fly there to go through this information with you so that there's not, there's not this trepidation of, of whether or not we're, we're, we're equally yoked on the, on the conversation we're having. We're, we're able to be authentic and honest. I think that's important. But... You know, I've talked to AGs and they say the same thing. They're like, Joe, we know that this is from an AG in a blue state. <laughs> we know that there is massive election fraud and we know the systems are compromised. 
but there's a constitutional crisis that would be created, a, a tsunami that we would not be able to control if that were the case, because how many people were elected using that system? So we're trying to plug holes and we're trying to fix things, but ha what, how many other things would be compromised if we said that the elections was selections, not elections? And it made sense to me. There are good Democrats out there that are saying, oh my gosh, there's not many of them, but there's some. <laughs> I thought Mankin was one of them. So, I, you know, I do have faith that there are God-fearing people that are standing in the gap and willing to do the right things for the right reasons. And I don't think that, you know, as you see people switch from Democrat to Republican, uh, the ideals just don't align. So making that D to an R, uh, and as Dr. David King said, you know, the, the R should stand for righteousness. The R should stand for standing up for the American people, for constitutional integrity. And I think when we start electing people based on that principle, then we'll be a better country and we'll definitely have restored God to our community. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thank you so much. And we'll look forward to talking with you soon. All right. God bless you. Patrick you Morrissey. So everyone, I, I, um, I've been having more and more fun on the podcast than I have before. I don't know why. It's kind of crazy. It's, uh, we're all going crazy. We're all going crazy. Uh, but I have had a lot of fun and I think that we are accomplishing quite a, a, a great deal. We are standing in the gap and, and I do get a little bit feisty still because I'm just like you. I want things to happen right now. Like I'm in business, like, all right, work the problem. There's a problem. There's a solution. Marry them up and away you go. And you execute on those solutions. It's the reason why in my life I've been successful. It's also the reason in my life I've had failures. So you fail forward. You make mistakes. Um, and I'm a product of my environment. I mean, I, you know, I, I talk a lot about my upbringing, being, growing, growing up poor, and why that's important. It's important because there was no example for me. There, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I left home at a very early age. There was no example for me on how to be a father, really. I mean, I, my, I love my dad. I love, I love my parents. But they were kids having kids. And so they learned on us. They, it's, it's almost like <laughs> you learn while you're doing it. And so what I had to do is figure out what was right, what was wrong. What, what did I want to follow? How do I want to follow it? And through life, you, you go through these steps. It's, it's, the, the, it's, it's the progression in life that you go through. And I think as a country, we're going through that progression. We're learning right now that we took our eyes off the ball for so long. And now we're learning to be virtuous. We're learning to be ethical. We're learning to be moral. We're learning not to rely on the flesh. We're learning to be courageous because it's been lost in generations. It's lost. So we're learning those things again because it's muscle memory. Going back to the fact that you're willing to walk on or run on to the beaches of Normandy while people are shooting at you, while people are taking shots at your character, while they're telling you what you are. My wife said to me last night, she goes, Joe, you know who you are. You know what you're about. Don't care about them. People will judge you by your fruit. And she goes, and I've seen your fruit. Now, I've seen your mistakes, but I've seen your fruit, and there is nothing in your fruit that I don't, I do, that I think is spoiled. So I'll take that from someone that's been with me for 20 years. All right. I'll see you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. God bless you. I know we have some, some, uh, some pretty good stuff happening tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great night. Kiss your family. Have a great night.
And remember, we're winning. No matter what they say, we're still winning. Dude. <laughs> Are we going to... Is this that awkward moment? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If Bye. you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the Daily Facts Blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.